This month uh, is, uh, is Remnant 2 Revival. And so uh, if you're joining us for the first time today, uh, over this month we're looking and we have looked at uh, revivals in history. And as we look at the revivals in history that, are, that, that have gone, uh, we're looking at them and, and, and looking at the, the keys, uh, looking at the things that were happening and, uh, and how we can uh, apply them to our lives today. Uh, what can we learn from the revivals that, uh, that have happened in history before us? And, uh, and so before we jump into today, uh, you know, I, I believe it's important to, that we're all on the same page of what revival is, uh, what revival uh, uh, looks like and what uh, we define it as. And so uh, one of the a great statement uh, that I read uh, says this, it says that revival is a move of God's spirit and power that manifests often in great numbers coming to Christ. Sometimes great miracles and manifestations of God's power. But most importantly, revival is God moving in God's own way. And so as we look back at revivals in history and, and, uh, and, and as we continue to believe for revival in, 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 our, uh, in our world and in our nation, uh, we believe that, uh, that revival is God moving in His own way. And, uh, and so uh, as we do that today, I want to uh, look at a revival, uh, which is better known as uh, the uh, Azusa Street Revival, the Azusa Street Revival. And uh, all the Azuzu all the car owners said amen. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. I, if I say Azuzu during this morning, just uh, have a giggle yourself and let's keep moving on, hey? Uh, but the uh, Azusa Street uh, Revival. And uh, this is a revival that, uh, uh, that uh, is believed to be the, the birth of the, the Pentecostal movement, uh, which, we, which we have in the world today. Uh, uh, that, that, uh, it is said that if you uh, look at you know, any Pentecostal church within the globe, uh, that it can be traced back to connections with this revival. And uh, you'll understand that in a little while as we keep moving forward. Uh, but this revival uh, took place in, in 1906. In, uh, in Los Angeles, in America, and uh, went for about three years uh, to 1909, and um, it began with a man by the name of uh, William J. Seymour, and uh, William uh, J. Seymour was a, a, an African-American. Uh, the, the, the great thing I love about this is that this revival that essentially began with him and his heart and, and, and his prayers, uh, uh, you know, the, the leading the way, um, the thing I love about this man is this, this African-American who was born uh, not into a wealthy family. His name had no status, no reputation. Uh, his, his, his father was a slave. Uh, he was one of uh, eight children uh, who, were, who was actually born and, and, and uh, actually lived in extreme poverty as a, as a young man in, in this family. And so the great thing is that, you know, he wasn't born into a, you know, into a wealthy family, into a name that everyone knew, into a, a, a lineage of pastors or, or, you know, great men of God. Uh, uh, this was just a, 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 an African-American who was just growing up and doing life. And uh, the, what, what, what separates him or, or, or what makes us great is that he had this undeniable passion for the Holy Spirit. Uh, and not only that, but he believed so strongly in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so as he uh, grew up and, and, and did different, uh, uh, went through sort of the schooling uh, phase and ministry, 
And uh, in, his, in his older years, as he got older, he, uh, he, he went out and, and was a preacher. And so he went out and would preach to churches around the area. And the great thing is that as he would go, he would preach about this baptism of the Holy Spirit. He would teach about it, preach about it, and speak about this at all these churches. And the, the great thing is that uh, most times than not, he was never invited back. And uh, it wasn't because of what, he, uh, of what he did. It wasn't because he did anything wrong or, uh, you know, played up or, you know, uh, you know, you know anything like that. It was purely because of his message. Um, his heart and desire to preach about this, 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 uh, this person of the Holy Spirit and to preach about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and what that means for the believers today. Um, and so churches invited him and then would not welcome him back the next week. There was... One account I remember reading of a church that heard about what he was preaching on and, uh, and actually locked the doors, um, locked the doors so that uh, he wouldn't come in and preach. Uh, that's how much he wasn't really liked and, uh, and welcome, welcomed in churches. But he had this desire, this passion to believe that the Holy Spirit was real, the Holy Spirit was available for him and for others, and that through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, People could speak in tongues, that uh, amazing miracles could take place as the Holy Spirit came. And so uh, as he went around to different churches and, and found that people weren't really agreeing with what he was teaching and preaching, and, and so he finds himself uh, in, in a small home with uh, a handful of people, not many, uh, only a handful of people who, who were interested, uh, a handful of people who were on the same page as him. Who, who, who agreed with what he preached and not only agreed and not only wanted to hear but wanted to stand with him in prayer and believe that the Holy Spirit would be outpoured in his town and, and in, in their nation. And so we find that these group of, this small group of people, handful of people come together and they start praying and believing for the Holy Spirit. Praying and believing that as they're baptized in the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would come and that they would speak in tongues and, and, that, and that, that the supernatural would take place right in front of them. And they believed that, that if the Holy Spirit came upon them first, then they could go out and teach and preach. And they could go out and, and, and believe that, that the Holy Spirit would come and reach other people as well. And, and as this handful of people, as they meet in a small home, they believe and, and pray for this passionately, uh, we read that that exact thing happens. The Holy Spirit comes and and, 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 and it's such a, a powerful moment where uh, everyone in this room is touched. Everyone in this room experiences this, this tangible move of the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, it's recorded that uh, they all start uh, speaking in different tongues. And, uh, and, and it's just this amazing move. They, they, they experience healings and, and miracles that take place as the Holy Spirit comes. And as a small group of people, as, as they experience this, um, word gets out. And, and as, as word gets out that, hey, something pretty crazy happened in that, in that house. Um, you know, they were speaking a different language. They were, you know, speaking in tongues. That's weird. And there was miracles and people saying they were getting healed. And, and so word gets out. And, and so people uh, start coming. People are interested. Uh, people come to check out what's going on. And as, as, as people come, they give their lives to Christ. As people come they find that they're healed of the very sickness that they came with. As, as people come, they, they experience and they witness these amazing miracles that take place. And so, of course, as, as that happens, word gets 
you know, get, gets more and more loud and, and, and reaches more people and people are more interested and so more people start to come. And as more and more people came and packed this house uh, to the point where the, the, the home was full, uh, the, the, the people out, you know, poured out into the, to the patio, to the balcony, to the point where people, as they met, people started pouring out onto the very street. There wasn't enough room to get into the home. As they continued to worship God and believe that the Holy Spirit would come and would, would, would touch people's lives, and they would see miracles and see healings and see, and, and, and see the uh, miraculous happen in front of them. And, and the amazing thing is that as they believe for this and as people come and people's lives are being changed and, and, and transformed, uh, uh, we read that the very patio of this house ends up collapsing. Uh, there's that many people and, and, and it's, just being, you know, it's, it's just being used so often that the patio collapses. And so uh, 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 Seymour uh, comes to the assumption that, well, maybe we need to go somewhere else. Maybe we need to find somewhere a little bit bigger. And, and so they, they find this two-story building and, uh, and uh, so they end up, it, it, it's not in a great condition. They, uh, they, they have to do a, you know, uh, make it work. Uh, but they, they find this two-story building that they move to, uh, which is found on, on, uh, on 312 uh, Azuzu Street. Azusa. <laughs> Told you. All right, let's move on. So, uh, and so this building is, is, is uh, this is where they find it. This is the very the building behind. And, and so they, they, they move to this building. And as they move to this building, they continue to have daily meetings uh, where, where people every day are coming and, and their lives are being changed. Their lives are being transformed. They're seeing miracles that they've never seen before in their life. And, uh, and as, as people come uh, to this building, um, it, it's said that one really cool thing is uh, it said that when they moved to this building that their Sunday services would start at 7 a.m. and go till about midnight. And uh, so I thought today I might preach for an extra hour or two, just to... <laughs> Everyone's like, I should have had the extra bit of toast for breakfast. Like, I'm going to be hungry by 12. Uh, I'm not doing that. But, but you know, but, but it's amazing that this was the hunger, right? This was the passion. This was the desire to, to, to meet with God. This was the desire that, that uh, I want to I experience this Holy Spirit. I want my life to be changed. I want to see the supernatural in my life. I want to see people's lives transformed. And so from 7 a.m. to midnight, they were just like, hey, let's just do this because this is impacting people's lives. And so we see this uh, uh, amazing revival really take off and, and really multiply uh, as they move into this building at Azusa Street. And the one thing that captured me, and, and, and the one sort of uh, point I want to uh, stick on today, is the thing that I found when I'm reading witnesses' accounts and, and reading stories about this, uh, this, this, this theme that, that Seymour, um, who, who, who really led this thing, um, as, as, the, as the people come, as the miracles happen, he, he stays so humble. It's amazing. Uh, the amount of people that are just coming and coming and the amazing miracles, I'm going to talk about it later on this morning, the, the, just the, the insane miracles that were taking place to the point where you're like, I just, that's just so really hard to believe. Um, but knowing that these just miraculous miracles took place and, and this, this, this Seymour continued to stay humble, continued to believe that this wasn't uh, his doing, right? But this was a move of God and this was God moving in his own way. 
and, and, and he continued to have that heart and that passion as, as much as these people were coming and coming and coming, his, you, you read and you can, you can feel his, his heart and his passion to go, God, there's more. God, there's more people. God, let, 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 let them continue to come. If this is changing their life, God, let, let me never stop until, until every person's life is changed. He was so passionate about people encountering the Holy Spirit. And the amazing thing is that as people came to this building, you sense that people had that same expectation. People had that same heart, the same value, the same desire to see God just outpouring His Spirit in people's lives. People came with such an expectation that as I, if I go to that place, no matter what time Sunday, because I know, I don't know, they don't close till midnight, uh, you know, but uh, you know, no, if, if, I, if I just go there, I know that I'm going to, I know that I'm going to have uh, this, uh, I'm going to be able to meet with God. I know that the Holy Spirit is there and I'm going to have this amazing encounter that can change my life forever. And my one point today is this, is the, is the, the, the unity of believers. It, it, it's one thing that I, I, as reading through all different stories and all different accounts from all different people, this, this one thing that there was such a unity of the believers that were there. That people that were there were hungry and were together and believing together that, that their same God, no matter who they were, what age, where they come from, their social status, that they were there together in unity believing that they served the same God. You know, Romans 15, 5, 6 says this, may God who gives, the, gives this patience and encouragement help you live in complete harmony with each other, right? Not a little bit of harmony, not some harmony, not most harmony, uh, but complete harmony with each other, as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus, then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And to me, that, that, that sums up exactly what I'm reading about. I'm seeing a complete harmony of people come together with one voice lifting up our Lord and Savior. And it's amazing to see what happens when, when believers come together in unity, when they put aside all their, their, their opinions or their, uh, uh, their, their, you know, what, what they think is best, they put aside the, the, the color of their skin, their culture, put aside how busy their week has been, when you put aside where, where you've got to go this afternoon, and when you come together in unity, in one voice to lift up God, who knows what God, who knows what could happen? Who knows what God could do? And so this revival broke out. This revival's known as, as, as Azusa Street Revival. But the amazing thing is that it all began in, in, in a small home. It all began in this, in this small home behind me, Bonnie Beret Street. And it's in this small home where a, just a, a handful, that's a patio that, that, that broke. I was take, that was taken before it collapsed. And, uh, no, but, you know, it, but, but it, it began in this home of just a handful of people in unity, in complete harmony, against everything else, against going to all different churches and preaching, and, and we don't want you back, Seymour, and, and what you're preaching is wrong, and what you're preaching, and, and yet these people came together and said, regardless of what's happening around us, regardless of what other churches think, regardless of how we've been, uh, uh, how we've been dealt with or, or you know, how people are acting towards us, 
let's come together in complete harmony and in one voice believe that the Holy Spirit could come in this town, in this city, in this nation. It began with the, with the, with the unity of believers standing together. And, and so although it's the Azusa Street Revival, for me, I think this is this very home, this very handful of people is where it all began. And, and, when we, and, and, and to understand that complete harmony in Azusa Street Revival, uh, uh, complete harmony looked like all races coming together. 1906 was a time where, where, where if it was a white church and, and you were an African-American and you want to go to that church, you can go, but grab a seat and sit outside and listen. We're at a time where, 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 where this, this, this race issue was a, was a real huge problem. And, and Azusa Street Revival, we see the unity of believers not going, oh, I think, I think they should play the music louder or so, but we see not, not, not putting, not, not harmony like that, but harmony of, of, of African Americans and white people coming together in the same building in one voice, lifting up the same God. This was something that churches hadn't seen at this level before in this type of numbers. No matter the, the, the color of your skin, come and have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And with this heart, with this, with, this, with this harmony, they saw such an amazing revival take place. And this is a common theme in this revival, the unity from the very beginning right through. But also it's a common theme within all revivals that I've been reading about, all the ones over this month that I've uh, been reading into. It's such a common theme that that where the revival begins, there's such a unity of believers. In the Great Awakening, in the, in the first week of the series, we spoke about how, how different denominations came together. It doesn't matter what your church title says. It doesn't matter what your denomination is. It doesn't matter where your building is. But hey, let's together believe that God would pour out His Spirit again on our nation. And, and, and in, in 1906, it was, we don't care about the color of your skin we just want to believe that the Holy Spirit would be out in people's lives, that we could see people come to know Christ and that we could see miracles and healings and see God move in the way that He wants to move. And I think it's only fitting for us that, you know, last month we spoke about relationships. Because people should matter to us because people matter to God. And regardless of the color of your skin, regardless of your background, your age, your occupation, regardless of any of that, people matter to God and so people should matter to us. And that's why it was, I think it was so important and so valuable and great that we were able to spend a month to talk about relationships and different, relation, different areas of relationships in our life. Because how important is it to be in unity with the people around us? How important is it to stand in unity uh, uh, with your church? That, 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 as you look at the person beside you, the person behind you, the person in front of you, that, that, that you could have complete harmony, knowing that together we lift up, in, in one voice, we lift up the same God. I mean, how important is it to have complete harmony in your marriage, to have complete harmony with your kids, your family, at work? It makes such a difference. It's so powerful. Unity. And so in Acts 4.32 says this, all the believers were one in heart and mind and no one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had.
It's one of those scriptures that really paints a picture. You can kind of read it, but then you go, for me to outwork that, kind of difficult sometimes, at times, all the time, right? Yeah, it's like, um, uh, just, uh, there's, there's a guy, um, uh, I'm not going to mention his name, there's a guy in this church, and, and I've got to watch what I say around him, because if I mention anything that involves me needing something or, or anything like that, he's, he's like, he just always puts his hand up. And, you know, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I remember, I remember chatting to him and going, you know, he's like, he's like, what are you doing this weekend? And I was like, oh, yeah, I've got to get the mower fixed because the mower broke. And he's like, oh, I'll come mow your lawn. And I was like, what? I was like, oh, yeah, just chill. Like, so I wasn't asking you to do it. I was, you asked me how, what I'm doing this weekend. I'm just telling you. He's like, he's like, yeah, I'll come around tomorrow. I'm like, like oh, yeah, it's all good. Like, I'm not, I'm not like struggling. It's, it's going to get fixed. I'll do it next week, you know, when it's fixed. And he's like, yeah, you know, and he's like, yeah, what are you doing? Oh, I've got to do this. And he's like, oh, you want to use my trailer? I was like, oh, like, I've got a trailer, but I can use yours if you want me to. And, you know, when do you need it back by? Oh, just bring it back whenever. It's like, well, okay. Like, when do you need it? I just drop it off when you can. You know, just, and I've got to watch what I say because he's just always just so eager to share what he has. Just so ready to, to, to help out. And, and, and it's kind of just that one example, that outworking of what, you know, what complete harmony, what, what one heart and one mind, and just saying, hey, I'm, I'm here for you and whatever it takes. You, you know, you, you want to use my car? Take it. And I'm like, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'll figure it out. You know, you just drop it back when you're done. I'm just like, it's awesome. And as great as that is, and as powerful as that is to, you know, as it is, that's with one person. And it's easy to maintain between me and him. But I read this and I, in Acts and I go, all believers were one in heart and in mind. And I say, God, I can do that with him. That's easy enough. And, and vice versa, if he ever needs anything, I'll, I'll, you know, chuck it at him if I have to. But as long as it's not mower, obviously. But I think, God, what does that look like as believers? What does that look like as a church? I can do that with him and we've got a relationship and that's, that's awesome, but, but, but how, how am I in, in one heart and one mind with, with people in my church, with all believers? What does complete harmony look like with the very ones that are here this morning? Uh, and that can be challenging. Um, and, and so when I read this in Acts of, 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 of the, the believers that were in one heart and one mind, remember, this isn't just scripture to tell us what it should look like, a good advice of what we could be doing, this is what people did. This is, this is how people acted, that they were in complete harmony, in one heart, one mind. And that's a huge call. That's a big call to make. That we as a church, how can we be in one heart and one mind? How can we be in complete harmony, in a unity of believers, expecting to see, God, what would you dare to do, God, when we come together in unity as believers? That we put aside the color of our skin, we put aside our own agendas, we put aside what we think is right, and we just come together and, and in one voice and in one heart and in one mind, lift up the name of Jesus. Because church, at Azusa Street, we saw that. We read that. We saw people coming together in unity and they saw an amazing revival take place. Um, and when you see people experience, when you hear the stories of people's lives changed, of the miracles that took place, um, 
you can't help but stop and, and just believe that God, this, this was a move of God. When you read the, the accounts and stories of Azusa Street, you can't help but just to, and stop and go, no man could do this. No, 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 no man could do this by himself. No, no group of people could do this. This has to be a move of God. And church, you and I know that when God moves, supernatural happens. When God moves, the impossible happens. When God moves the beyond our wildest dreams, things happen in our lives. And to close this morning, I wanted to just mention a, a handful of testimonies of miracles, witnesses of accounts that have been written down from the Azusa Street Revival. At this two-story building that they had, uh, it was said that they had a room specifically for all the crutches that were no longer needed. People coming and, and, and not needing them anymore. And I was telling Grace about this and she's like, kind of like a, like a trophy room. I'm like, I'm like, that's spot on. I'm like, yeah, you come and hey, check out the trophy room. Yeah, come and see all the crutches that people don't need anymore. You know, like, um, so many people healed. Um, accounts of the deaf hearing, the blind seeing. There's one account of a, a blind man who came into Azusa Street, <coughs> excuse me, blind, alcoholic, comes in under the influence, and, and it's said that a kid, um, a kid prayed for him. And not only does he see, uh, but it's said that he, he sobered up in that exact moment. Um, a kid, not, not Seymour, not, not the handful of people that were, you know, that, that, that sort of really led to see, no, it was just a child that come and believed that, that God would love him enough to restore his sight and to heal him from that addiction. Accounts of teeth growing in people's mouths, super weird to even just think about seeing that. I have to mention it. You know, I've heard, I've heard stories of, of healings of people's legs who are, which are uneven and, and, and this is just recently, you know, I've heard of, you know, legs and bones growing back an inch or so to realign and, and, and arms that are different lengths and, and seeing them realign. And this revival is actually accounts of complete limbs being grown back right in front of their eyes. One account said that as he saw the arm, the complete arm grow back, he's like, it was almost in slow motion, but, but happened so quick. It was, they almost didn't know how to describe it in words that they were seeing. Um, complete limbs being grown back. People speaking in tongues and, and in languages around the world, Asian, Mexican, Russian, Japanese. Just amazing miracles that were taking place. The last one I will finish with is that it's said that at this building, that at times there was like fire coming out of the building. Um, number of accounts that say this. There's fire coming out from the top of the building. And, and, and one guy that, I, that really sort of captured, uh, captured me was he said, it was like fire coming out of the building, on top of the building, going to heaven. And there was almost like a fire stream coming back. And, and he said, I almost sensed like it was angels coming down from heaven, 
bringing the miracles and, and, and delivering the miracles and then, and then going back to heaven to get more. Um, a number of accounts that say when this fire was visible, that's when the, you know, the, the miraculous and really amazing miracles took place when this fire was visible in the building. Uh, the, the hilarious thing is that uh, also when you read it, the number of accounts that say that the fire brigade were called on multiple occasions. People ringing up going, building's on fire. You know, where is it? Azusa Street. Oh, yeah, all right. You know, I'll, I'll be done in a couple of hours. You know, like, give them till midnight. Um, but just this amazing miracles that were taking place. And I want to leave you with this this morning. You know, uh, the, the overarching uh, thing that I want to leave you with is that people came expecting. People came to Azusa Street expecting a touch from heaven, expecting a miracle. I really believe it. Uh, I believe there would have been ones that were just coming to suss it out. Oh, I'm just going to check it out and see what they're doing. And, you know, maybe the pastor down the road was like, I'll oh, see if I can, you know, take a couple of tip, tips and hints. Um, but I really sense this as people were coming, they were expecting a touch from the Holy Spirit, expecting miracles, expecting their lives to never be the same. They were so thirsty for God. There was no complacency. Uh, once they own miracle, and, 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 and they may have very well been, but the majority of accounts is when people were, when their lives were changed, they, they stayed. They continued to stay in complete harmony in one voice and lift up the name of Jesus. They were thirsty for more. They were hungry for more. And I want to close with this scripture in James, <coughs> excuse me, 4.8. It says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. And I love this. When you draw near to God, you believe that He draws near to you. You know, when I read this revival, I see people who aren't divided between God and the world. I don't read about people going, oh, you know, I really love my old life, but I really want to be a part of this revival. I see people completely sold out for Jesus. People completely sold out. The Holy Spirit is in them, working within them, and that God wants to continue to do a good thing in their life and in the life around them. People weren't divided. People were hungry, thirsty, ready to draw near to God, expecting God to draw near to them. And so today, the amazing thing is that you get that choice. You don't have to meet a list of criterias, fill out a resume to experience the presence of God. You know, right now, you have the choice today to draw near to God. Do you believe that as you draw near to Him, he is drawing closer to you. Do you believe that tomorrow, when when the, the when the church is finished and, and the people are gone here and you go to work Monday morning and that thing is in your face first thing, eight o'clock? Do you believe that as you draw near to God in that moment that He's drawing near to you? That you have that decision to make, not just on a Sunday morning, but every day we get to make the choice. That God, I choose you. I choose to be closer to you. God, I don't want to face today without you. God, I believe my faith is in the scripture. Your promise that as I draw near to you, you will draw near to me. And that whatever that may look like, 
no matter what my day, no matter what my situation, no matter what my life looks like today, how amazing that we know that God is with us. How amazing that we know that God is drawing near to us. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty for more of God in your life? Are you you passionate? Expectant? God, for what you want to do in my life, what you want to do in my family, in my marriage, in my kids, in my business, my future. God, I want to continue to draw near. I want to continue to have a hunger and a thirst in my local church, in my life, to be in complete harmony, to be a, to be a unity of believers, to lift up the one name, and see the power of God work in our lives, to see the outpouring of God's Spirit in your life, in this church, in this community, and in this nation.